Welcome to the Spot Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. Can sodas be healthy? Well, we know the best source of hydration is through drinking clean water, but I often get asked, Dr. Cates, are there any other healthy beverage options? Well, I could drink water all day long and I love it, but I know a lot of people get bored with just drinking water and they're looking for something else. But the problem is sodas are typically loaded with sugar, which we know can suppress the immune system, speed up the aging process, lead to unhealthy weight gain, along with a number of other health problems. So is there such a thing as a healthy soda? To explore this conversation, I invited today's guest on my podcast. My guest is Ben Goodwin, who is a product developer who has been formulating natural products for over 14 years. And this includes Olipop, which is his third entrepreneurial beverage venture. He's deeply driven by the mission of maximizing human health and consciousness on a big scale and using healthy products as a vehicle for positive change. And when he's not working on products in Northern California, he's in his forest dwelling, which you'll see in this interview in the background. In this interview, we talk about the problems with most sodas and Ben shares how he came up with an innovative way to avoid the sugar and artificial ingredients commonly found in sodas and instead include healthy ingredients like fiber and still make a tasty drink, which as you can imagine, this is not an easy task. And I know there are other healthy sodas on the market that you might find, but this one actually is doing some pretty innovative stuff. So I wanted to have him on so you could hear that. And I also asked him some questions about being a successful business during these stressful times, you know, right after, uh, you know, going through a pretty major pandemic and still having challenges with it, the business impact that this has created, and yet they're still doing really well. So I also ask him some questions to help with those of us that are either entrepreneurs or even if we're working for a company, what we can do to help weather the storm during these times. So please enjoy this interview. Ben, it's great to have you on the Spot Doctor podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so, you know, I a lot of times I have wellness experts, doctors, um, estheticians, those types of people on. I also like to have business owners on sometimes that have done something innovative. So this is the reason. So I want to have you on the, the podcast to talk about what you've been doing and what you've learned along the way. And you've, you have mm-hmm. a, a unique angle on a healthier soda. And so we're going to be talking about that. But first... I, I think about sodas, most of us think about sodas and all the problems associated with that. Uh, so much sugar. And so can you talk about that at all? Like that other side of soda, the dark side of sodas? So, I mean, soda is kind of the most ubiquitous and deleterious uh, beverage that's available. I mean, unfortunately, just the ready to drink section is 65 to $70 billion business with 90% household penetration. So Everyone's drinking soda, according to Lightspeed, which is a a data firm, 50% of adults and 60% of kids have a sugary sweetened beverage every day. Most of these are soda. And honestly, aside from the water, I can't think of anything in particular that's positive about soda. Um, I mean, it's 40 to 60 grams of sugar in liquid format, predominantly coming from high fructose. Um, corn syrup or crystalline fructose, and obviously fructose is very inflammatory. 
Uh, the brain doesn't actually recognize the metabolism of, of, of fructose. And so you're consuming calories, but your brain isn't even aware that you're consuming calories. So they're going in, but you're not being sated. Um, it converts very quickly into fat. There's like a lot of, of pretty tremendous issues with fructose, especially in, in an environment with no fiber. It's pretty much the worst format possible to consume them in. I mean, then obviously there's things like the artificial colors, the artificial flavors, the various acids they use to stabilize everything. Um, then you have uh, diet sodas, which have non-nutritive sweeteners. But unfortunately, there's been a lot of data that's come out on those that they actually uh, preferentially feed certain bacteria in your gut that uh, ironically become more efficient at metabolizing calories and, and turning them into the calories for your body. But the the downside of that is it actually does increase weight gain somewhat meaningfully. So it's this ironic kind of twist that a diet sodas enable weight gain, which is the opposite reason why most people are consuming them. So yeah, there's a trove of really significant issues with soda, um, kind of nonstop actually. Right, right. And of course we know that the best way for hydration, I always recommend people drink plenty of water. But I, and I, you know, I really enjoy drinking water, but I know a lot of my patients over time, like I get bored with water. I don't want to just drink water all the time. So, yeah. um, and so I know people are looking for options for, you know, other ways to, you know, to quench their thirst and also just enjoying a beverage. Um, and so I think it is nice that there are some healthier soda types out there like yours, yeah. but it's with yours, it's really interesting because it's not just that it's lacking, it doesn't contain the sugar, the high fructose corn syrup, the artificial ingredients, artificial flavor, all the stuff that you just mentioned. Right. But it also contains the things that are beneficial for us. So it's not just drinking this empty thing. It's actually got some fiber, some prebiotics. So so first of all, so can you explain what what how did you develop this? Where where did this come from? Yeah, I mean that's uh depends on how long you want to go into that story. I mean, I uh I was raised on a standard American diet as a kid and grew up actually like pretty overweight. Um and really oddly at 14 years old I was I realized that that wasn't going to lead to a good lifestyle. It's kind of a young age to have that uh realization on your own, but I did. Um so I got really into to nutrition and I kind of have a a brain that when I get fascinated by stuff, I get really fascinated and and so I started digging into nutrition. Um, and I actually found, you know, eventually, not, yeah, I, lo I lost a bunch of weight and I felt healthier and I started exercising and that was all great. But I also recognized that there's some relationship between uh, what I was consuming and how I was feeling emotionally and kind of my cognitive functioning, which is which is pretty interesting. So that kind of sparked off this deep interest between what is the relationship between what we eat and who we are, which is kind of like a big, big question. Um, uh, and that kind of led me down this path. And then I've been really interested in the microbiome specifically you know i helped launch a kombucha company when i was uh 20 uh and then eventually went on to formulate a water keeper from scratch in my mid-20s which was uh which is a company we built my partner and i sold um in 2016 but what really fascinated me there was the brain gut axis um you know this idea that you're producing the majority of your neurotransmitters in your large intestines they're metabolized in your uh, microbiome and the ship up to your brain. You're also producing a majority of your hormones in your large intestines. Same thing. It's this. It's your microbiome that's producing all of these uh, really important compounds. And that that is what has gotten me really hooked in. And then, you know, there's basically been a big pivot in the science. So at any time that I'm looking to, you know, formulate some a new uh, product or new company, I always reference the science first and try to figure out is is there a reason for this product even existing in the first place? You know, are we providing something that's actually good to the consumer on a large scale? And 
you know, lo and behold, like there's been a big sea change um, around probiotics and kind of how people, you know, the academic community and the medical community has hopes they would be helping with microbiome function. And unfortunately, they've kind of fallen short. You know, the European Food uh, Authority, uh, European Food Safety Authority has rejected over 350 probiotic claims in the last five years. Um, there's a lot of crackdown in the EU around probiotic claims. So they don't really feel like there's a lot of evidence. The Wasserman Institute just completed a large meta-analysis where they, um, they actually, the data shows that uh, after antibiotic usage, probiotics as a, as the means by which to remediate your gut might actually not be effective at all. In fact, they're finding that using probiotics to try to recover from antibiotics might actually extend the recovery time, not shorten it. And then there's this kind of this big idea that if you're consuming probiotics, they're hopefully grafting to your, to your microbiome and they're sticking around. And most of them just aren't doing that. I mean, 80 to 90% of the probiotic products out on the market don't make it to where they need to go in your large, large intestines. Uh, and then the ones that do make it there, oftentimes just they're transitory. They stick around for 24 to 72 hours and they get excreted. So it was a bummer for me having spent like a decade working in fermented foods and probiotics to feel like the science no longer supports my strategy, you know, but you have to kind of grow and, and adapt as the science shifts. And uh, there's simultaneously a new trend uh, uh, that's been in microbiome and uh, gastroenterology research over the last five years. Um, towards a dietary intervention. So there are these you know, groups called uh, hunter-gatherers. They're living these kind of um, true paleolithic lifestyles, kind of what homo sapiens were designed to consume over the last two million years of our evolution. And there are stark differences in their diet and our diet. And then there's also stark differences in their microbiome and overall, overall health, uh, which is being tied to their diet and tied to their microbiome health. So the biggest factors that I identified looking at the research were really around fiber consumption, total fiber consumption, prebiotic consumption, and nutritional diversity. Mm -hmm. um, that, that ended up becoming the basis for, for Olipop, which is saying, all right, we're going to move away from probiotics as a mechanism to try to benefit the microbiome, and we're going to move towards these dietary interventions. Yeah. Yeah, the microbiome research is so fascinating, and I, I love seeing it all unfold. And it's 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 beautiful to see it. It's also really we realize that it's much more complicated than we just you know like the good bugs and the bad bugs. <laughs> There's so much more to it. And when it comes to probiotics, um, when we when people started you know a lot of companies started making probiotics or probiotic drinks started coming out, and it's like they're not all the same. And everybody's so different, and what they need is different. And exactly. testing yeah. is so key in my practice. That's one of the big things I see got a test with a lot of my patients, um, we have to test to see what their, their gut microbiome is actually doing and which probiotics we need to supplement with. But like a lot of what you're saying, is it starts with what we consume, our lifestyle. If we don't yeah. start there, it doesn't matter what we're doing with, I mean, supplements are great, but you have to have a healthy lifestyle to start to have that foundation. Otherwise, all those great supplements you're taking, they're just not gonna do what they're designed to do, the, the high quality ones. Yeah. So I, I think it's so important to get um, fiber, like you're talking about these prebiotics that create the right environment for the health, the, the good bugs, and the, yeah. the, good, the beneficial bacteria to thrive. And if we're not doing that, we're missing out. And I love that you're getting, because 
I mean, most of my audience, they're, they're healthy eaters. So yeah. they're going to get a lot of the, the fiber and the prebiotics in their diet. But most of America does not eat healthy and they're consuming these sodas. So I love the fact that you're just sneaking this in to a soda. Yeah. Like we're putting in those, the fiber and the prebiotics. So you're, you're getting in some of that into um, something they're going to consume anyway. <laughs> well, that's the goal. I mean, it sounds a little, you know, insidious, but it's, it's designed to be a Trojan horse, right? So if your main, the main thing that's disrupting people's health in a beverage format is these really sugary carbonated soft drinks. I mean, fiber is basically the anti-sugar, right? I mean, fiber at adequate levels helps to stabilize blood sugar. It helps to deliver useful nutrients to the large intestines where the microbiome actually needs it. And simple sugars obviously spike uh, your blood sugar levels, which messes with your hormones. It also delivers the whole payload to your small intestines, which is not where you want to be feeding your bacteria. So the inclusion of fiber is actually kind of like the antithesis to uh, two high sugar drinks. And to your point exactly, I mean, if you're going to, to supplement with probiotics, I think testing is, you know, is a much better way to approach it. And then if you're going to be bringing those different organisms in, you need to make sure that the underlying, the underlying food that they need is there. Um, it's kind of like, if you're not getting enough fiber and prebiotics, uh, it's kind of like trying to plant seeds in the desert and hoping to grow a garden, right? It's not going to, you kind of need the right ecosystem the right nutrients in place in order for the native uh, microbiome to thrive and certainly for anything you're bringing into the equation to thrive. Right. So how much, tell, tell us about the, uh, so it's Olipop is the name of the beverage. What, how much fiber is in there? What, what are the, the things that help with um, prebiotics? Yeah, for sure. So there's nine grams of fiber per can, uh, which is technically 32% of your daily recommended intake. Um, that's a little misleading in my opinion, because that's the, sorry, I forgot these wind chimes. Um, that's a little misleading in my opinion, because the, the FDA recommendation is lower than the World Health Organization recommendation. And it's also dramatically less than what hunter gatherers are getting, right? So the average American, according to CDC, gets five to 10 grams of fiber per day. The average hunter gatherer gets 100 to 200 grams of fiber per day. So even if you're saying, oh, nine grams, that's a lot. That's a third of my daily recommended intake. It's still, you know, not close to what we're supposed to be getting. So that's like an important kind of caveat to that number. But um, so that, that's the quantity of fiber. And then we have resistant starches. We have resistant dextrins through cassava and kudzu root, which are both uh, you know, South American and Asian tuber that have been, tubers that have been consumed for a long time by ind indigenous people. Um, and then we're using chicory root and Jerusalem artichoke, which are a really rich source of uh, inulins, which are really great. And then we've got some nopal cactus, which has uh, some really interesting polysaccharides, which are also quite useful, kind of from a prebiotic lens. And then we are doing a lot of really great research and innovation as well. So we've got some phenomenal academic partners that we're testing the existing product with. Um, and we're also, we have an innovation pipeline right now where we're actually looking at new novel prebiotics and fibers that really aren't even on the market yet so that we can kind of increase that, that third bucket, which is the nutritional diversity piece, right? Um, so another stat, you know, most Americans get 80% uh, of their food from 20 different food groups. So meat, dairy, corn, soy, potatoes. It's, uh, it's very, very limited, uh, whereas most hunter-gatherers, you know, uh, National Geographic actually followed an Aboriginal tribe around for a year and, and cataloged all their food. And this particular tribe was getting 1,400 nutritional inputs in a given year. So again, like the, the order of magnitude between the difference between the diets are, are pretty substantial. So, you know, in our case, we have a, um, 
we have something called Ollie Smart, which is kind of our functional mix, and it has eight different plant-based ingredients. Um, so you're not just kind of, even if you're getting your prebiotics, or even if you're getting your fiber, we want, make, we want to make sure you're getting them from a varied source so they can feed a large consortium of different beneficial bacteria. Right. And, you know, everybody's talking about immune support right now and um, increasing your um, ability to be more resilient, right? And uh, so a few of the things with sodas are that typically people are drinking sodas that have really high sugar. So we know sugar suppresses the immune system. Um, mm -hmm. Now on the, on the opposite side of that, what, you know, what you're talking about, the, the prebiotics and supporting the microbiome really helps support the immune system. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the key, the key aspect, you know, especially, I mean, we know why people are very concerned about their immune systems right now. It's obviously, it's an important thing to keep your, keep your eye on. And the key aspect of kind of immune health is what I, is what's called immunomodulation. So that, I mean, I'm sure you know all about this. It means that you don't want your immune system going too high and overreacting, and you don't want your immune system going too low and underreacting. You kind of want your immune system to stay in like a healthy middle space. Um, and even a lot of people who are having a harder time with, with COVID, um, the virus is driving the issue, but it's actually the immune system going into a hyper immune function that's making the situation worse. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the great things about having a healthy microbiome is it helps with immunomodulation. So it helps to keep your immune system in a healthy functioning space. So it's reacting co to correctly to issues that are, that are happening inside of the body, but it's not overreacting or, or underreacting. And we can go into all the mechanisms of that if you want, but that's kind of the basic, that's kind of the basic high level view. Right, absolutely. And of course, you can't make any medical claims on your on your beverage, right? So there's there's none of that. We won't, don't want to, you know, um, steer people down the wrong road thinking that this is going to yeah. um, provide some sort of resolution of their immune, you know, help their immune system in some magical way. I mean, it's, but when we're talking about, um, you know, drinks and having something that you know want to enjoy and have something refreshing and especially a lot of people right now when we're stressed we're looking for those comfort items we're right. looking for those things that you know that maybe we grew up with or that we just reached in so those are one of those things that people just want to reach for in times of stress because it's like their comfort item and so I, you know, I, I think it's great that you have an option for people that isn't going to be more of an issue, but actually has some nutritional benefit to it. So that's fantastic. Thank you. I mean, you're, you're totally right. We, we've seen a lot of that, you know, obviously we get data coming back from the stores around what's selling and all the, all the, you know, Cheetos and soda and, you know, all the kind of comfort foods, Oreos are flying off the shelf right now. I mean, it's, it's totally right. It's when people get stressed, they are looking for comfort. And, and that's fine. That's kind of a natural human reaction. It's just, it's, a, it's obviously uh, sad that a lot of the kind of things that have, give us comfort in this particular case aren't particularly good for us. And so, again, it's one of the, the goals here is to not to shame people away from something that maybe they're used to consuming or a flavor profile that, that really does bring them a lot of joy, but just try to kind of transform that as a vehicle so that it's actually providing you with uh with some benefit instead of uh instead of being quite toxic for you right absolutely so i know we've been talking about sodas and um the you know health aspect around um what you've discovered with sodas and your sodas i want to like 
I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about from a business perspective, because so many people right now are struggling with their businesses, but you all are doing really well, and you're you're um, you're getting in more stores. Um, people, more people are drinking Olipop. Is there anything that you can anything that you can share about from a business perspective? Things that can help people ride this storm. Yeah, it's a really challenging time for sure. And um, we're so incredibly fortunate that, um, you know, the traction we kind of developed before this is is really taking off in, in a major way. And so I'm really grateful to, to the consumers that support us and obviously to my team for continuing to, to power through, you know, it's a really stressful time for everybody. You know, I think um, with all of these things, it's like, I think it's a, Every crisis is, is an opportunity if you if you can kind of wrap your psychology around it. Um, so I think that's the first step. Is honestly, it sounds maybe a bit overly simplistic, but to kind of just say, look, this is a, this is a crisis for sure. How do I adjust my psychology, or how do I adjust my approach, or how do I rally my team to change the way I'm viewing it so that I'm actually looking at 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 this as like how do I how do I provide benefit? And I think probably for a lot of your viewers and for you and for, for what we're doing over here, you know, there's a, there's a mission behind what we're doing. And so I think it's, it's a time now um, where we actually can almost get on a little bit of like a hero archetype narrative that makes sense in terms of providing, if you believe in what you're doing and you believe in the value that it's providing and you believe people need it, now's a really great time to kind of tap into that. Because at the end of the day, if you're a business owner and your psychology isn't, where you need it to be, it's going to be much harder to kind of get up and see the opportunities every day. So I'd say that's number one, and also transferring that information to your team. I mean, then the second piece is really just around making appropriate pivots, right? So for us, uh, we're a largely brick and mortar retail business and sell products in stores. Um, and so we majorly retooled so we could focus a lot more on our e-commerce division and some of our kind of digital marketing, because that's obviously a great way to reach people right now where you might not reach be able to reach them in store like you normally would um, and then you know the final item is just targeting a message you know there's this like right balance of being aware of the situation and kind of being uh, empathetic and mindful and, and not being overly silly like you know go out and try to provide value because a lot of people are really struggling right now and at the same time people kind of want a little relief um, if you can offer it so I would say that you know, it's just about kind of making the necessary business adjustment, making the communication adjustments and, uh, and using that to kind of um, to reach consumers in an appropriate way for what the situation has in store for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to give you an opportunity to just brag a little bit. I'm, I'm going to give you permission to do this. So tell everybody when you started Olipop and how like some, you know, general, like how much you've grown. Yeah, I mean, we've been on a bit of a rocket ship, which uh, I, I'm really, really pleased about. You know, it's um, I've been through the ringer now a couple times. This is my third beverage business. So, um, you know, obviously I have like high expectations for myself and the product. Uh, but we've really grown like beyond uh, what I what I suspected we would, which is great. You know, so I, we're up at a team of 16, 17 people right now. Um, you know, we're about to add three to 4,000 new retail outlets this year. So while a lot of brands, unfortunately, are having a bit of a hard time, we've been able to, to mobilize. And I think that's because we're adding a lot of value to the, the kind of sets that we're going into. A lot of them, you know, a lot of the sets that we're in is digestive health sets, which oftentimes have kombucha and apple cider vinegar. 
they're really dominated by this kind of, um, you know, vinegar taste profile and uh, maybe nutritional strategies that are a little less clinically validated. And, and I think being able to go in with something that's like really delicious, that's really nostalgic, that still has like low sugar and low, low calories and has these kind of different digestive benefits has really worked, really worked to our favor. So um, everything is cranking. I mean, our e-com has grown by almost 600% over the last couple months. And uh, like I said, retailers are coming on board. And uh, at the end of the day, when you're running a company and you've got people working inside of the company, their mindset is really the most, and the, the culture you're building is the most important thing. And so when I look at, when I look at how our team has responded to what's happening, I mean, I almost feel that that's more important than the, than the, the raw business mechanics, because that's kind of, that's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so all those things are, those things are all in, all in, all in a good spot. And um, yeah, I mean, we're going to grow by, probably going to grow by about seven X this year. Um, so that's uh yeah, it's a good spot. I'm really, really grateful for that. That's that's amazing, and I, you know, I wanted you to share that story because it's nice to to hear stories of success during these times of challenges for people. And yeah. you know, I think it is really important. It's an important time for us too. Is we're giving giving given an opportunity to reevaluate where how we're spending our time and what we're spending, you know, what we're doing in our business lives and our work lives, and does it bring us uh, joy and do we feel like we're making a difference? Are we passionate right. about it? Are we excited about it? Because it makes times like this easier to get through. And it, it, I think it has more opportunity to have the kind of growth and success like you're having. Yeah, I mean, this again, what I told my team and, and I kind of communicated this on some Instagram lives that we did. It's like, it, it really is, again, it's, I think when you're going through stressful situations like this, it's a really good time to refocus on what's important to you you know like so what's important to your business what value are you giving to your customers that they really need that they can't live without you know what's what's important to them and what's important to you i kind of say like it's a time to refocus on what's precious and it's true it's like if you have your family and they're intact if you are you know you might be struggling but there are different options to kind of work through that and you know i think we get really this is pretty cliche to be honest with you but we do get caught up chasing success we do get caught up chasing um and i, I guess it's easy for me to say because we're having success but you do you do get caught up uh chasing a lot of things that are more external and when things get tough it's actually a really great chance uh, to reflect on your life and what's important and build those community bonds and build those personal relationships that really sustain you and and to evaluate things i mean there's kind of there's like summers and winters to life, that kind of analogy, right? And and sometimes it's actually the winters are really good um, for generating communal reflection and self-reflection and professional reflection in a way that does make you stronger because we will get through this, right? Um, that is a kind of a, so who do you wanna be, who do you wanna look back on and say, this is who I was while we were getting through this and who do you wanna be on the other side of it? And if you can kind of keep those characteristics in mind, you're gonna find they buoy you quite a bit when things are really challenging. Right. And I think this is true for people, whether they're an entrepreneur and they have their own business like you and I do, or if you're working for a company, you want to look for companies that have that kind of mindset that want to improve uh, work ethic and excitement and, and a healthy environment, because we know that stress plays a huge role in our, in our health and and include yep. the gut and the skin and, and the immune system, all the things we're talking about. So the work environment that we have is, is really key for that. Totally, totally great. Yeah, I think you really need, I, you know, about to, I'm working with the contributors to a major publication right now 
honest story actually about how principles, having integrity and principles and having a mission adds to your resiliency, especially during times of stress. I think that people waking up for the paycheck every day, your company's kind of after just the paycheck every day, they get their, their mooring is less stable when things aren't intrinsically positive or intrinsically on the up and up. And actually, it's, you know, a lot of times people think that like having a mission is just fluff that goes on the side that helps you sell a brand. Actually, it's not true at all. It actually helps make you a more resilient company and it makes you more, a more resilient team. And, and hopefully it's something that people can kind of take out of this as, as, um, as certain companies really hold it together and some, some companies kind of unravel. That's not the only factor, obviously, I don't want to be insensitive, but I think it's like a major factor in kind of keeping the, the hope alive as we push through this. And I love that you're doing your interview from your, your outdoors, you got the wind chimes behind you for people who are listening and not, you can't see the video. Um, and it, you live outside of San Francisco and like the, in the woods, right? <laughs> the chagrin of my team, um, I, am, I am a forest dwelling human being. Uh, I really just, you know, I do a lot of, well, historically, I do a lot of travel for, uh, for work and I'm always on planes and I'm always in different cities. Uh, and I just don't find that, you know, there's a lot of like invasive mental clutter in, in large metropolitan areas that just some people really thrive on it. And, and I really don't. I really need the time to kind of uh, like reflect on kind of what's important. And, and when there's nothing to, I don't know, when you're just out in a bunch of trees, it really changes your perspective on things. And so, I mean, if you don't live in a forest, you can go hiking, you can do a lot of different things to kind of instigate that. But it's like, yeah, it's a bit of an auto meditation to be in this environment. And I find that's really great for, again, keeping, keeping me focused on what's important and, uh, and then being a, a bastion for that in the, in the company. Yeah, I think, I think more and more people are going to become aware of that going forward of, you know, this, this need for social distancing and, and, you know, having our space and being in nature and incorporate, how can we incorporate that in our day-to-day -day lives, including our work environment and all of that. So, um, so Ben, it's been so interesting talking to you and learning more about your 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 business, your sodas, how you develop them, them, and um, any feedback from your customers. I'm kind of curious, like, what do your customers say? Anything that they're, I'm sure you get some amazing testimonials. Yeah, again, and again, not being able to make a lot of them do end up in this kind of people talking about health issues they're having and those are obviously not really things i can talk about uh, right. no claims here yeah <laughs> to, to get some of those communications i mean those are really heartwarming right when you wake up and you see that in your in your inbox um yeah i would say that our, our customers really fall into two camps so one camp is hey you know what um i really love the taste of soda but the sugar is too high and i, I mean sugar is the number one issue that people who consume soda are worried about they might be consuming soda but sugar is the thing they're trying to get away from. So all of our flavors are five grams or less uh, sugar per, per can. So you can drink a whole can, you can say low sugar, plus you get the fiber benefit. So, and I think that's nice is a lot of products that are, you know, to try to play in this space that are kind of this low calorie, um, they end up also being low taste, right? So I think the thing that we nailed here is that it's really, it's really full flavored. You're not, you're not giving anything up. Like you want to, you want a cola, you can have a cola, you know, you can have a, have something that's actually very full flavored. So that's one camp of consumers. And um, a lot of, a lot of customers either themselves used to be quote self-professed soda addicts. And now they're able to kind of move away from the, consuming that, or they're actively looking to transition. And, and this is finally the thing they can drink to help them with that. 
Um, and that's a really great piece of feedback. Or like, you know, maybe they stopped drinking soda five years ago, but their parents still drank soda. Mm -hmm. And now they've been able to actually send their parents something or send their kids something um, that they can drink that's a replacement. So that's, that's really phenomenal when I get that kind of feedback. And the other feedback is really people who, um, you know, are looking for something for their either the microbiome or their digestive health. And, um, you know, maybe they've even been to a dietitian or they've been to a nutritionist and they've been like, you need to increase your fiber, you need to increase your prebiotics, you need to get more plant-based ingredients in your diet. Um, and they, you know, but it's like, what are you going to like take scoops of like fiber powder? I mean, you know, there's like, there's more enjoyable ways to get, get those nutrients in. There's less enjoyable ways. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of the point for us as well. It's like, what is the point of even being healthy in the first place? It's because you want to enjoy your life. Right. So well, maybe if you can pursue that through a route that's like fun, fun to experience and uh, it kind of makes it less threatening and makes it more shareable, then that's really, that's kind of what we're about. So um, yeah, get consumers mostly the feedback comes along those two channels. And yeah, that's always, those are always like wind in my sails. If you're having a hard day and then somebody sends you a message like that, you're just like, all right, we're doing something good. This is positive. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, Ben, it's been great having you on. Thank you. And tell everybody where they can find Olipop. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. It's just drinkolipop.com. Mm -hmm. uh, buy directly off the website. There's also a store locator. You can find us on Instagram at drinkolipop. Um, and then we did just formulate a new flavor. Uh, it's cherry vanilla. It basically tastes like a cherry pie in a can. Uh, I think we sent you some, so you'll be able to enjoy it soon. Um, and that's launched exclusively at Sprouts, who we're rolling out with nationwide uh, actually this month. So you can find it in Sprouts or you can find it online. And uh, well, then we'll be in a lot more stores near you soon. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Ben, for coming on. I appreciate it. Trevor, it's really been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this interview today. If you'd like to learn more about this beverage, and Olipop has actually extended a really generous discount to the Spot Doctor family. So if you want to get that, you can go to thespotdoctor.com, go to the podcast page with Ben's interview, and you'll find that information there. And I don't make any commissions or any money on any association with this company. I just thought they had a great story, and I love hearing about successful businesses during these times and especially ones that are working hard to help with healthier options for you. And if you haven't taken the skin quiz, I encourage you to go do that at theskinquiz.com. Find out what messages your skin's trying to tell you about your health and what you can do about it. Just go to theskinquiz.com. Find out what your skin personality type is. And also I invite you to join us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest. You can find the Spot Doctor there. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor Podcast. Thank you.